Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Nation, welcome back to the Respect Our Decision podcast. It's December the 28th, and this is your boy Hirsch, as always. And with me is the man Mike. What's going on? And the hype man Wes. What's good? Gator Nation, we all hope y'all had a merry holiday season. Merry Christmas. Uh, hope y'all are getting prepped for the new year. And everybody's in good spirits and in good health after the winter storm that came through. Hope everybody's all right out there. Uh, we want to remind y'all, as always, guys, go out there and download us wherever you get your podcasts from. And make sure you go check out our YouTube channel and subscribe there. Hit the notification bell so you get a notification anytime we post new content. Hit the like. Leave us a comment. We appreciate it. We like to read the comments, see what y'all are thinking out there. And guys, as always, if you'd like to support us as creators, you can check us out on our Patreon at Respect Our Decision. Each and every dollar we make there comes back to help us with this show. Want to give a big shout out, as always, to our first patron, Utah Gator. Thank y'all so much for the love, the support. And as always, guys, we want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, All Star Roofing in Georgia. If you're in Georgia and you're needing a new roof, a roof repair, or gutters and gutter repair, Go check out All Star Roofs at allstarsroofs.com and um, use code RESPECT100, guys. Save yourself $500 off a brand new roof there. If you're in the Georgia area, the Atlanta area, they service out there. Go get yourselves a new roof for the new year, guys. And as always, guys, we're going to jump on in here with a little recruiting talk this week. Not so much to talk about this week. A lot of teams out there are. Uh, 
starting to focus in on the portal and a lot of the kids out there are um, getting ready for all-star games. We're still in the dead period. Uh, got a lot of kids out there getting ready for their prospective all-star games across the country. Of course, last week being early signing day, most of the high tier prospects in the country have already signed with their prospective teams. Um, and as we talk about the all-star games, guys, um, Under Armour All-American game coming up in the Florida Gators, just as perspective on this class that we've got coming in here. The, the Gators have 10 signees playing in this game, second to just Alabama out there. And I believe Georgia's third with eight. So, hey, you know, that just speaks volumes to the quality of the prospects that we've got coming in. So um, we definitely all want to check out that uh, Under Armour game this this year and uh, check out some of our guys. Guys, y'all got any thoughts on uh, on what that says about Billy's class? It goes back to what I was saying with the silver lining of the um... – of the, of the cycle, yeah, uh, we have you know highest average of Urban Meyer at uh, say like ninety two point three. Um, obviously, we you know we we did whiff on the true elite recruits. However, it's a true foundational class. So if you take it once again, take a step back and you just truly look at the like class. This I think this will be the class that you know I you know especially with the quarterbacks in, in tow uh, as long as we keep a lag way that you know once three years down the road, you're to look like, okay, this is the one that got it all started. So instead of, you know, taking fillers and everything, you know, Billy, you know, um, Billy and gang, you know, Raymond, Kate, uh, Colbert, they, they identified their talent and they executed it. Wes, you got any thoughts on, on these, on these boys in the all-star game? Yeah. I mean, we have a total of 20 commits in the class. 18 four stars and you got 10 of those going to play an all American game. I mean, that's solid. I mean, that's what you look for. You look for guys like that, that can make an impact. Some of those guys hopefully can make an immediate impact on the class, whether it's this year or next year, you want those type of guys in the class to do their thing. So um, I, I like it. I mean, it speaks volumes to Mike's point last week when you, and he just brought up uh, just now about the quality of the class and the silver lining. I mean, that speaks to the type of guys that we're getting here. Of course, we wanted a, a, a we we wanted and expected a bigger class, and maybe a bigger class would have more guys in in those uh, uh, all American games, those All Star games, however you want to call it. Um, but to have that many second to only Alabama speaks volumes to the quality of the guys that we have coming in. So um, I'm excited to see those games, to see what those guys do against other guys that, uh, I mean, when you're in high school, you, sometimes you're just better than the next guy. But it's not even just the game. I, I, I shouldn't have said that. I want to see the practice because you get a lot of pro- practice notes about guys and standing out and who looks this good and who looks that good. So and that's I where see- your rankings adjustments come from. Exactly. So I want to see them competing against the best of the best. This is an all-star environment. So the practice is going to tell us a little bit more of the game. They don't have a lot of time to to, to go over like uh, schemes and that thing. So I, I take that back about actually seeing the game. I just want to hear the practice notes and who's standing out from these reporters that will be attending these games. So I'm looking forward to seeing and hearing about those practices down there. Yeah, that brings me to another note, and I'm, I'm glad we brought it up because I really want to speak on it. I saw a lot of people this week kind of – going out and saying, well, this class isn't a whole lot different than Mullins because it just didn't have the three stars in it. You know, if if 
it had what a lot of classes have with the fillers, the three-star fillers. This class wouldn't be much different than, than a Mullen class. And you know what? I mean, we had some three stars and they chose, most of those chose to leave this class. So, I mean, you can't really come out and say that. I mean, we didn't recruit a lot of three-star guys. And, and Hirsch, just to interject really quick, actually, to, um, somebody actually said that compared the Mullen to Napier. You know, Mullen could have got this class, which is – there's no data on that at all. No. Um, so – That's this, a lazy take. I'm it's, sorry. It's, a, it's idiotic. But it, either way – so Mullen Pye's rating uh, rank um, average was ninety point seven five. Napier's in this se- uh, second season is ninety two point three four. So yeah, that I mean, that's all. <laughs> and then you're talking about guys who didn't even play, who got, yeah, kicked, up, who got kicked off the team. Yeah, who couldn't get uh, in because of grades. Risk and and that goes back to like um Isaiah Nixon, like we were talking about. You know, you could have taken Isaiah Nixon. And signed him to the class knowing well he probably would not have qualified to get into the University of Florida. But then people would be, oh, well, here we go again. That's that just like what Mullen did, taking these risk guys just to pad his class. But no, you don't send that guy in LI. And you say you're not going to take up a scholarship on this team or potentially take up a scholarship on this team when you're not doing your part of the bargain. You know, a lot of coaches we'll tell these kids up front, this is a, this is a give and take deal. I mean, you know, we'll give you the scholarship and all the rewards that go with it, but you've got to do your part of the bargain. And that includes going to class, graduating, doing your part academically to get into school. And once these kids commit, the coaches can provide them, you know, they can't go do their work for them, but they can provide them, you know, they check in on them and make sure they're they doing have their tutors. part. They have tutors. Yeah, that, that exactly. In the um, so, academic center. Yeah. So I don't, I don't buy into the whole uh, Mullen could add this class whatsoever because. Exactly. Webb came out in court. Yeah. Webb came out in court. said, nah, same thing to, to that point that nah. Yeah. Mullen couldn't uh, have Webb's done comment this. was negative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plain and simple. Exactly. Negative. And he wouldn't have. And and Webb knows. Webb wasn't even recruited by Mullen probably much at all. Like that was one of the reasons he committed to Oklahoma and whatnot. Simple, a simple question would be, if he's the quarterback whisperer, where, where was his top quarterback that he got into the class? Oh, you mean Emory Jones? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> highest highest quarterback sign? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's, that's ego, and we're not going to go down the Mullen road on that. You know, um, you're talking about two very different kind of guys. We've said it over and over again. Billy identified a footprint of which he wanted to recruit into 500 miles and in, in from Gainesville, hit on that, and then, you know, a, a, a standard of prospect he wanted to bring in, and he recruited that. There were very few flyers that he even took on kids. Uh, Patterson was one. Patterson played the game. You know, bye. Sorry. You want to play the game? We We don't need you. You're not worth that, you know, you're not worth that commitment. <laughs> um, Kinsler was one. He went to Miami. Of course, we know that. So, you know, and Creed. Creed was another one. But, and if Creed, and if, you know, his, if his brother would have stayed, then Creed probably would have stayed. But here we are. 
It is what it is. Um, another stat that dropped today on three dropped their rankings of uh, top ten receivers, and the Gators had two of on three's top two receivers with Eugene Wilson in at five and Aiden Mazel in at eight. They joined Ohio State as the only school with two receivers on that list. Now, as you'll probably know, um, on three, you know, they, they do things a little differently, and we can all have our hate for that. But at, I actually kind of, and I know it's kind of convenient for me to do so, think that they're one of the true few schools that actually have, I'm um, few schools, few services that actually have Eugene Wilson ranked close to where he should be. Exactly. Um, that kid, like we've said over and over again, phenomenal. And where he's ranked in other services is criminally low. So any thoughts on, on that, yeah. guys? Um, I was always a big fan of Colbert, um, as you guys know. from you know, I think it was on our first spot I went, went in on You that. are the KC hype man. Hey, man, it's just uh, he, he, he has a phenomenal resume and it's just going to continue to get better. So I think that's going to continue on and um, – his resume is going to help help us tremendously in the twenty four cycle, but that's another um, another thing for another day. However, with Eugene and uh, Wilson, uh, Eugene Wilson and Aiden Mizell, two phenomenal uh, uh, prospects. I love Mizell. I think he's going to take a little bit more t- time to develop. Um, however, he can definitely contribute um, in a, a special teams area. Eugene, I definitely see him as a contributor. Um, hopefully, sooner rather than later. But in terms of what it, what this demonstrates, um, I really think, especially with Lagway and Toe, Case uh, Kerry Colbert has the ability to be the second best uh, wide receiver recruiter coach. His coach. resume speaks to it. No, it really does. I mean, you got uh, Maude St. Brown, you have Drake London, and Michael Pittman. So I mean, you can just be, you just go go. <laughs> Go to go to anybody with that. I mean, Pitt, they do a good job developing receivers, but end of the day, they're Pitt. So, with uh, I think it's going to be between Ohio. Um, we're he can definitely secure a second spot behind uh, Heartline, who's you know, best assistant in the country, best guy going. Yeah, yep. Uh, and you know, you can definitely see a shift in philosophy at wide receiver with this staff and and Kerry Colbert versus the last. A lot of bigger, slower guys on the roster trying to purge that out and get faster guys, you know, what we like to call SEC speed on the roster. So that's that's refreshing. Wes, you got any thoughts on the on the receivers before we yeah. uh, move on? <clears throat> yeah, just to echo some of the things you guys uh, were saying. Um, love Eugene Wilson. Uh, as you stated, he is extremely underrated in some of the other uh, recruiting services, how they have him. Uh, I think he's going to be an impact player next year uh type of guy you want to put the ball in his hands so hopefully uh that will be in my case in, in, short of anything as far as playing receiver he might play the same place position that if uh that ricky plays but he has to be our permanent next year uh we've been lacking since probably andre debose i mean tony played there for one year but since andre debose uh being a, a game breaker at punt returner i don't think we've had anybody since then um, special teams at Florida is something that we take pride, especially punt return, like returning punts and getting big, big uh, gains and getting big yards and, and just changing the totality of the game. Uh, they, they can, he can make an impact there if nowhere else uh, on the field. So uh, I love that kid. 
Uh, Aiden Mizell, just a definition of speed. Uh, I know you guys talked about uh, Coburn and how he's kind of transformed the receiver room from the big guys to the the, the uh, speedier receivers, and he's an epitome of that. So I uh, love that we have two guys in the top ten. The only other school is, I guess, wide receiver U Ohio State uh, right now is uh, that guy is just killing everybody. And for those Mike brought up St. Brown, uh, y'all don't know who that is. That's the receiver from the Detroit Lions, and that kid is a monster. Um, I saw him personally kill my Washington Commanders, and he is one of the most underrated receivers in, in the NFL right now. He has Jay Goff throwing the ball, so uh, trust in KC. Yeah, and Drake London plays for the Falcons, and you know how bad we are. So anyway, <laughs> Mike, you got one more thing you want to add? Yeah, and also, um, I think this is going to help. The, well, this will help with the uh, transformation of the uh, wide receiver room. We can actually expand on Billy's playbook. Everyone, uh, obviously, no one's perfect on play calling, and I, I didn't like some of his as well. However, a lot of folks didn't realize we were probably at max. 45% of his what he wanted uh, for play calling. And that's just once again due to uh, the quarterback position and um, wide receiver as well. So, you know, no need to get into the, you know, players that were playing at the time. It's just bottom line, you have to, ad- a good coach adapts to his personnel. So um, just, you know, when we, year over year, when we get the players that suit Billy's preferences, you're going to see an expanded playbook. Yeah, and it and it goes back real quick before we move on. Something I was saying a second ago about the faster receiver. The biggest problem that I saw with our receiving core last year was the ability to create separation. Um, that was a tremendous problem to me. You'd see it on Ricky because of his route running. He would run a very good route, and he would you know do and he would create separation with the way the route was created to you know was drawn up to create. But a lot of these bigger, slower guys just had no separation. And you saw it for sure in the bowl game. If you watch the bowl game back and you saw some of the plays downfield, there was no separation. And that's one thing that these receivers, you know, little faster guys might be able to create to give us better opportunities down the field. And it, and it gives you your – Let's be honest. College quarterbacks are not going to be perfect a lot of the, most of, or a lot of the time. Running for error helps. So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, guys. Like we mentioned, there's not a whole lot of recruiting info out there right now. Coaches are very much focused on the portal, even if we might not believe that. Uh, you know. So, as we get some maybe some information next week out of these practices, like Wes was talking about. We'll we'll deep dive into who looks good, who looks, you know, suspect. Hopefully none of our guys are, but we'll wrap that up next week. But right now, guys, we're going to jump right into some – Yo, yo. Real quick. And, guys, just keep in mind, just because you don't hear a name or names um, doesn't mean they're not looking to go after guys. Yes. We we signed a, you know, a very small class uh, with 20 commits. So if you, you know, normally it's going to be, you know, 27, 28, 29. So if <laughs> at any point, if, if just that number alone says in the amount of departures that we had about 30. So, you know, that just that those numbers alone are going to say you're going to bring kids in. So let the bowl games play out and um, just be patient. Guys, you for sure about that or. 
Uh, you're you're 100 correct. Well, I know we're about to talk about the you know the portal and the movements going on in the portal. Um, so we got we got you know there's not a lot of information out there flying around like Mike said, but that doesn't mean things aren't happening. So let's jump into that for a second and really get into some portal talk. And as we jump into the portal, guys, we want to talk about we want to say that this segment here is brought to you by our uh, partnership in with Prize Picks. Prospects is the daily fantasy made easy for you guys out there where you can part, you can pull up two to five picks and all you have to do guys is, is pick the over or the under on the picks. So for instance, a line might be Tyreek Hill under or over a hundred yards receiving on the week. And you simply choose, will he have more than a hundred yards or under a hundred yards? And you do that two to five times, pull it together, win yourself some big cash. And if you jump on right now and use code RESPECT100, Price Picks is going to ma- match your donation, your your deposit, I'm sorry, up to $100. So whatever you throw in there, $25, you'll get $25 for free, $50, $50 free, all the way up to 100 Guys, go out there and make yourself some cash on these picks. Get that money. So guys. Yeah, you make that money, man. Make that money. Don't just talk about football. Make some money on it. You know, we all like to a little extra cash, go out for New Year's, party it up. All right, guys. As we jump into the portal, the announcement was made official tonight or this earlier this afternoon by the Gators. Graham Mertz has officially signed and is a Florida Gator. I know that's not uh, exactly um, moving the needle with a lot of people. I think Mike likes it, though. Um, <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, at the end of the day, the favorite, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's not or it's not bad. Okay, uh, there was no superstar. There's no shoe in guarantee um, out in the um, in the portal. That's just the bottom line. Uh, you know, we went over it last week with you know Larry with his injury, um, a call. You know, just can't get can't get in academically. So you know, when you take a step back and look, you know, who like who would you bring in? You know, they. I want to say, correct me if I'm wrong. That was the the, the merch was the first guy that, uh, they brought in. Correct? Yes, absolutely. He was in here like weekend one. Yeah, and I, so that kind of came out of nowhere because I remember everyone was in an uproar about it. So the bottom line is I that once again that with Rashad or with Lagway, they identified who they wanted. They got him. Even Jack Miller, they identified who they wanted. They went and got him. So you know they obviously see something they like in him. Um, we're going to play definitely a different scheme than Wisconsin. Whole trip, night and day in terms of scheme. He'll have protection. Um, of, um, some better receivers, shotguns, so on and so forth. And I think that's going to uh, benefit him tremendously. And he's going to be a lot, lot more accurate than AR. I think in this scheme, maybe not as a football player in its entirety, in this scheme, he is better for the University of Florida, period. Last week, last year, we won one or two more games. We won Bandy in Kentucky. Probably would have lost Utah. FSU's a coin flip. So. Yeah, if you go out there and look, Wisconsin's offense is not exactly wide receivers running all over the field. Um, I can only name one. That I I'm just saying, even in their when they're lined up, there's just not 
it's a lot of one, two wide receiver sets, a lot of power run, not exactly conducive for high, you know, numbers from your quarterback position. Um, Wes, you got anything you want to add on, on Mertz? Yeah, y'all, y'all know how I roll. I kind of like to throw a wrench into what you guys said. And if we talk, I know it's, it's kind of it's weird. Okay. Our receivers, we talked about earlier when we were talking about Eugene Wilson and uh, the, the transfer in our uh, receiver room. But then we look at Wisconsin and say, well, they didn't have receivers. So I don't know what our receivers were. Uh, if we just say they weren't as good as they were big and in sports separation is concerned. So, uh, but to be honest uh, about it, there were a lot of open receivers that AR just missed. Uh, forget the screen passes that, that I hate. It was a lot of times that he just airmailed some balls and threw some balls that were uh, just inaccurate when people were open. Of course, he had some drop balls too, so it goes both ways. Hopefully, uh, in this offense, he can hit those short guys. I mean, when I looked at his average throw per attempt, uh, per attempt last week, it was 7.7 yards. So it wasn't like he was throwing the ball down the field and being under 60%. Those those were sharp passes that he's going to have to make. So hopefully in this offense, uh, I mean, he was a talented guy coming out of high school. I know Mike said it was, it was Kansas, but, but, but he was talented coming out of high school. So hopefully uh, we can tap into – uh, some of the things that, uh, and then he had a coach fire last year as well. So, mid-season, uh, yeah, it was a lot of things going on down there in Wisconsin. And even though our receivers struggled last year, I, I, I want to say our receivers were better than what he had in Wisconsin. So, uh, good thing that we got him in early. Uh, hopefully, he can practice early. Uh, not practice, but get the playbook in hand and, and go over uh, what he needs to do so he can uh, hopefully win the job next year. Yeah, I mean, look. You're not going to spin this as some exciting, you know, change the game transfer. You can't. But that's not to say the kid can't come in and be good in a new system with, you know, it's change of scenery. A little warmer down here than up there, you know. <laughs> Co-ed's a little better looking, not as not as um, winter-proofed. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> not wearing, not cheese heads, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, you know, the guy's going to come down here and try to be the big man on campus. But, look, that's also not to say, despite whatever we may think is best, that uh, true freshman Jaden Rashada doesn't step on campus and push this kid a little bit either. You never know. I don't want him starting day one. I don't think anybody – I know there's a lot of – I shouldn't say that. I know there's a lot of people that – on Twitter and everything that are going to say, well, I, I'd assume just start Rashada. Of course you would, because you don't care about his success. Sorry. <laughs> what a program. Yeah. Because <laughs> g- how many true freshmen succeed starting quarterback day one? In the SEC. Yeah. Uh, he ain't Bryce Young. I can tell you that. I ain't saying he can't be great. Bryce Young was a redshirt freshman. That's yeah. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, you are exactly correct. See, Big therein difference. lies the point. Tua didn't start day one. It's just, it's yeah. yeah he had start. to. Hurts. He started and talk. He didn't start till yeah. almost the end of the season when Hurts struggled. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's just it's the way it goes. Yes, I I want to see Rashada playing into fourth quarters early in the season for sure. Absolutely. 
That would be the thing. That would be ideal. Yeah. And 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 I know our fan base. The moment he throws a touchdown against nobody, you in the fourth quarter, they're going to be saying, "Well, why isn't Rashad us?" Because the backup is always the you know the glorified guy. If the if the starter isn't getting it done, yeah, I think worst case scenario it'll be like a one of those re- relays, you know, in the, in the Olympics. Just hand, hand the torch up, you know, hand a baton off, you know, a week, you know, three, four, whatever, you know, let let. Love Rashad to get um, acclimated to the system, so on and so forth. But I, 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 I know this man from Kansas, and it kills me to say I. I got a weird gut of feeling. He's gonna play pretty solid, to be honest with you, because he, if he, as long as he plays within himself, okay, yeah, he did have some picks. Obviously, I've seen some atrocious decisions, but as he plays up within himself. We have the run game. We, you know, we have the well better receivers, better system, better coaching. So I think he's gonna succeed. Maybe yeah, I mean, I changing staffs can't do him wonders. You don't. I don't know who's co- how he's getting coached. I mean, you know, Wisconsin is traditionally a run heavy offense and and a defensive team. So you don't really talk. The last quarterback I remember at Wisconsin period was Russell Wilson. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All you remember is running backs. Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah, the exactly. But like I said, you know, let's. I'm a, I'm I'm all for giving the kid a chance. We'll look him at him in the spring game and see how he looks, and you know, and then we'll start to form a better opinion from there. How he looks, has he, you know? But even then, remember, he's brand new in the offense. So, but one of the things that they said that they liked about him was his ability to, you know, they brought him in and he learned the playbook really quick. That's so, a plus. I mean, yes. So being, I mean, being experienced and, and getting the playbook early. Look, and I'm not, dividends. and I'm not trying to get down on AR and make this a hate on AR show. But mental, you know, the mental part of it is is a huge part of playing that quarterback position, and we've seen how that happens. If if you're not strong up there, how quick that can go south. So, hopefully, that's a precursor to how what we can expect from from the mental aspect. Guys, we want to talk real quick about some of the negativity about the portal. You know, we talk about trying to bring kids in, but one thing I don't think a lot of people are are aware of, and this has been brought up this week, especially with some guys we're going to talk about in a second, is players that are being, you know, coaches are recruiting, but they're having to also recruit their own players right now. And that being because there's there's teams reaching out to kids on our team trying to poach some of these guys off our team. And a couple of names I'll throw out there to you real quick. Um, Austin Barber, Trevor Entian, and Shamar James were three very hot names that teams have contacted through back channels and whatnot. I, you know, don't get it twisted. I'm, I'm sure most people obviously know it by now that there's tampering going on all over the place. Uh, everybody knows about somebody that knows somebody that can get a hold of you, whether it be you played with this kid in high school, whatnot. There's all kinds of ways to get a hold of these kids. So just know that the coaches are having to work not only on bringing new guys in, but keeping our playmakers and our young rising talent on this roster. Guys, uh, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I know that's a this is a brand new <laughs> world we're you, living in. 
you can see the issue and problem with it when we all know that what happened with Drake May, and then you have Mac Brown and Drake May not even name the teams that even said because it's it's an issue and it's a problem and it's 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 not free agency because the kids aren't free. Uh, in the NFL, they even have that rule where you can't even. It's a certain period where you can contact these kids, and in college football, it's a free for all. And I believe that they want to say the schools, but like you said, everybody's doing it. So if you say, "Hey, Miami offered Drake May five mil," then you kind of put yourself uh, in, in that line of fire of who's doing something, who got skeletons in their closet. So it's an issue. Um, thank God, those are three of our best players, especially Etienne and Barber, uh, <laughs> that we we able to hold on. Some kids are just want to be Florida Gators, and you have other kids. Uh, when when the money gets called that we speak about in a, in a few that, that they they, they haul tail it on. So uh, shout out to the staff for keeping those guys in. Um, but it, it's happening. It's nothing. No rules and regulations. It's rules and regulations because you can't contact a, a kid from another school. That that's there. But it's a reason why certain schools' names aren't being brought into uh, the news cycle because you may have some skeletons in your closet. Another school might bring out about you. So. It's a bad situation going on. I, yeah, I think it'll be. Uh, it's unfortunate. It's the necessary evil right now. Uh, until yeah, ever since they allowed nil, this, it's gonna have to work its way out. It's gonna. It's such a huge. They flip called football on its head, and it, so it's gonna take some time to work work its kinks out. So it'll be right after conference re- realignment uh, begins. And the big money deals start, so it'll take another couple of years. But it was—it's so big. Yeah, this is going to happen, and they, and I—I tr- I fully believe you know be some more rules and regulations in place. You know, I mean, heck, the SEC, uh, Sankley, uh, Greg, what's he, uh, Commissioner Sankley of the SEC, he put some internal transfer rules, for example, after the, the transfers are getting out of control internal internally with the and uh, pretty much the car. Uh, was doggy doggy dog within the conference, so you know he we put some internal rules in there after the you know after the, uh, the NCAA rules. So it's gonna you know it'll police itself over time. We just you know, it's so it was such an overhaul of the system. You know it just has to come down to earth a little bit. And but I think it's good for the kids. But the main thing is it's gonna keep uh, two things. One. Coaches have to have proper communication with the kids. Period. Just talk to them. You know, can't just just can't ignore them. Hope they you know believe they say you know just do quarterly checks. You know every you know maybe have a GA talk to the kid every now and then so on and so forth. But pardon me. You know it's just gonna once again it's gonna be great. It's a it's the main thing. It's a necessary evil right now. It's it is what it is. It sucks. It does. I mean, just it sucks that you have to recruit guys to come to your campus and then continue to recruit them for three to four years to keep them as part of your roster. But that's where, you know, you got to uh, keep communication open, like Mike said. Really talk to your kids, know your kids, let your kids know they can come speak to you at any time, you know, just so that they can if they have reservations, if they feel like maybe they're not getting a fair shake, they can come in, 
talk to their position coach or talk to Napier and saying, look, this is where I'm at. You know, what can we do to straighten things out, to make things right, to make me get more, you know, what can I do to get this level of playing time compensation? Even I know that's out. I mean, you got to say it. I mean, it's out there. Look, and this is one of the big things we talked about with, say, the Miami locker rooms or the Texas A&M locker rooms. If you get terribly out of balance, you're going to have a lot of kids go, well, wait a minute. Imagine, and, and I say this right now, let's let's just say this as a hypothetical. You're Miami's starting left tackle next year, and your name's not Samson Okunlola. And that kid's making, say, hypothetically, million a year, and you're here, you are starting and making almost nothing. You're not going to be happy. You know, I mean, and that's that's the balance that has to be worked out because you're going to have a lot of guys like you talk about. And another one I'll bring up real quick before we move on. Say you did bring Cedric Baxter into this locker room at quarter of a three quarters of a million dollars you know a year or whatever it would have taken to get him and you've got trevor Intian and you know johnson ahead of him putting up great numbers in the sec week to week at what point can they turn around and say hold up now facts what has he done that's a that's an excellent that's (laughs) what has he done i'm out here rushing for a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns in a season what has he done it, it's a, it's a dangerous cap. It's a, it's a bad game that we're playing right now. As far as that goes, it's it, you really got a great be, point. That was a great point, Hurst. You got to be calculated, man. It's a hard to balance a locker room. Mike, you got one more thing you wanted to add? Yeah, the and it goes to, once again. Once I said last week, we had no drama in signing day, so you're you're get you can tell Napier's recruiting a certain type of kid, period. So, I mean, obviously, you know, the outlier would have been Cormani, you know, but look what, you know, look what Miami got. Look at the, look at the issues that they are currently dealing with. And a lot of their fan base, for example, they're kind of like, all right, I, I, they, some, a lot of them expect him to leave. I mean, he's uh, been crystal balled by on three, I want to say, to go to Colorado at this point. And they've already paid up front. Which that, I know we don't do. I mean, it's just something you got to wish your way till you get the inks dry. So it just goes to once again, if you get good kids, they're not just gonna you know jump ship. You know they are gonna work with you. They're gonna see the big picture. You know they're gonna you know they're not just gonna be true as West was saying, free agent. Okay, next, next, whoever's gonna pay for pay for me, be mercenaries. For example, you're gonna get. Hey, I'm committing one. To get better, to go to the NFL. Two, I'm going to go. You know, I like the actual institution as well. I mean, I'll give you an example. Uh, quarterback uh, up in, uh, I want to say Washington. He actually said Washington had a better NIL. However, he committed to Ohio State because he said, "I, I believe I can be developed there for NFL." Well, you don't necessarily have to have the biggest NIL, but you have to have other factors involved. So that, and I'll keep this short. That's where you see. Why our rival Correct. Georgia doesn't have a lot of guys in the transfer portal? Well, they haven't finished their season yet either. But 
point. Yeah, so. but yeah, they, <laughs> they gonna... want to hang on and play for that ring. I mean, <laughs> true, 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 true. That we'll see what happens after. Yeah, we'll That's see. But point. I mean, I can't, I can't argue against any of those kids getting to be in the playoffs. I'd want to stay until the season was over too, because you may never get that experience again, no matter what you do. Um, now. The reason we brought some of this up was obviously this week we had two guys surprisingly hit the portal. One being offensive tackle uh, Michael Tarquin, and the other being guard starting guard Ethan White. Now I can say I have heard from more than a few people that Tarquin was pretty much poached from our roster. Now he hasn't committed to go play anywhere yet, but he was getting offers from other schools. Uh, one being possibly Oklahoma, and then we'll see if if that comes to light or not. Ethan White, I think, was more of a factor of Ethan White didn't, A, he wasn't a big fan. He was a heavy guy, and he didn't quite fit this scheme. So, I mean, and that's more or less kind of my take. I know Mike kind of feels the same on that. We've kind of talked about it off air a few times. Uh, you saw White had some good times, good plays this season, had some bad ones. Uh, just, you know, depended on the play call. So, guys, with that being said, what are your thoughts on these two starters from, like, you know, obviously week one last year, both were listed as starters. What's your thoughts on these guys hitting the portal? Um, I, I, I uh, was a little taken back because we were amazing on depth <laughs> prior to, uh, you know, those week. Partners, <laughs> we're doing quite well. So uh, at this point, well, one, I'll just start out with the departures. Uh, Tarquin sucks because now weights has to be ready unless they bring somebody in. So I mean I'm, yeah, and I would I like ha- having experienced lines, you know, especially with the new quarterback, and you know it just once again I like that's the one position group you don't want young guys early on within within a program. So you know, also with got to be some white wasn't wasn't a specific fit for the scheme. However, he did progress pro- progressively get better. So once again, it is definitely a subtraction on on the roster. I now it comes goes to who's going to be ready. Is it going to be Jalen Farmer next man up? Is it going to be Waits? So I'm not in practice. I know this team likes Farmer a lot, and they obviously love Waits. He's a huge body, not a guard. Unfortunately, he proved that in the bowl game. However, he's a, definitely has a tackles body. So it's once again next man up. However, the depth is definitely taking a hit. We're tremendously young now. Because before that, we had a nice balanced roster. So hopefully, I'm hoping for at least one, one, at least one to two transfers. Yeah, we'll we'll touch on that in a second as we're going to try to break down what we think we need at each position. Wes, you got any thoughts on on this? Yeah, I'm gonna speak shortly on it because I know. You know, we're going to recap the entire offensive line um, in general. But, I mean, it's a huge loss. When you lose four, basically four out of your five starters from last year, we were rated number one offensive line uh, this year. And we lost – I mean, even though Barber 
essentially place uh, Turquan, uh to lose four out of your starters, four to five of your starters uh, on your old line is, is it's going to be hard to replace. Um, I know we said Ethan White maybe not fit this, the, the system. He's more, in my opinion, of a more of a power run game type guy. He was solid in pass protection, but uh, as far as run game, he doesn't really totally fit the, the scheme. Uh, I would have liked to see uh, uh, Michael return uh, with Barbara going to left tackle maybe, um, and that would have been ideal for me. But to lose four or five stars going into next year, and then uh, y'all know how I personally felt watching our center play. That's the only guy that's coming back. Yeah, I think uh, we all agree on that. Uh, I'll save that part for later as we continue to go through what you're about to go through these numbers as well. Yeah, um, breaking that down like you were just saying, our O-line depth now as it stands, and this comes from our good buddy uh, Nick Delatore over at On3 and the Stadium and Gale podcast. We have 14 total offensive linemen returning right now, and the breakdown of that is we have four tackles, including junior William Harris, Two sophomores in Austin Barber and uh, Jordan Herman and freshman David Connor. Seven guards, including juniors Riley Simmons and Richie Leonard. Sophomore Cameron Waits. And then freshman Jalen Farmer, Christian Williams, Roderick Kearney, Bryce Lovett. Of course, two of those being redshirt freshmen. And then you have our centers. You know, we we talk about Kingsley. He's a junior. And, um, man... Whew, that got to make your blood pressure go up. <laughs> Sophomore Jake Slaughter, and then, of course, coming in freshman Najee Harris. So that leaves us with a possible starting O-line next year as of today. Left tackle, Austin Barber. And you got guard would be uh, Farmer, Jordan. Um, Not Jordan. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Jalen Farmer. Kingsley at center, Richie Leonard at right guard, and Waits at right tackle. That's a lot of uncertainty. And as Wes just said, that's, you know, before, well, that's really three new offensive linemen. But if Barber's playing left tackle, of course, that would be a position change. I actually think he's he's got the chops for it, for sure. We know Mike thinks that uh, Barber is the man. Guys, are we in trouble on the offensive line next year? I believe so. Um, you, We have four tackles. I mean, I know Waits uh, maybe can, can go out the left tackle, but if, if we lose two of our tackles, which could happen, then we only have two there. And we don't know who can play left or right tackle out of that, 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 that second group. As listed by, like we said, our good friend uh, Nick Del Torre, there's only four tackles. You don't want to go into a year with four tackles. And two can I mean, like I said, two can be gone. And if you, if you say weights, uh Cameron Waits, then maybe five. That's still a low number to me. Going to see this is not NFL where you can sign a guy off the street. If you lose your tackles, then you look, I mean, we saw what what Turner got hurt early year and Barbara came and replaced him. We are we are hurting there. Uh that's why the Samson uh miss was key. Uh hopefully. Uh, we can get Kaden Jones in the class. That'll be added depth. Uh, give us a 15th lineman. Um, but we, we need uh, – and Bryce Lovett was uh, recruited as a tackle, but we see him uh, – and Nick even listed him there as a guard. Uh, so I guess if something – injury was to come, 
we will be there. But this is my uh, thing for for our quarterback coming in. We talked about AR and in uh, the comparison. He's a statue, guys. He's not a guy that's mobile back there. So <laughs> if our line is horrible, he's gonna get lit up, and that's why fans, you don't start Rashada behind that offensive line. That's why he won't start behind the offensive line until we realize what we have coming into the season. We need to make sure that they're there. We got two O-line coaches. They're going to have their work cut out for them. Uh, Like I said, we had the number one uh, offensive line uh, group in the country last year. I mean, this year. Uh, So hopefully they can do some things because I am very, very worried that we may be in trouble from a depth standpoint, uh, from an experience standpoint. Uh, Center coming back, I'm very, very worried about him. Hopefully, Slaughter, and maybe I know Harris is a freshman played IMG. Hopefully, Najee can come in and do some things. But I am very, very worried about our offense line. Mike? Well, definitely, potentially. It all comes down to, well, the depth sucks. Uh, like what Wes was saying, it was just, it, we, we, we have no proven depth, which is all. Um, even if it's serviceable, um, you know, like a, a veteran who's, just not, who's decent. Um, we do we don't have that like a TJ Slaughter for example who potentially could be a decent player but at least he's been in the system and they know what they have so that's um, uh, so definitely uh, trouble at uh, offensive tackle and I I I really hope they they get a, a, a one year stop gap at least but, um, I like I love Leonard you know uh, Broad County alum Farmer he's young once again it's I don't. It's really playing a really dangerous game. Um, you know, we're pretty good health wise last year, to a certain extent, in terms of missing games. But and then Kingsley, Kingsley sucks. So I mean, it is what it is. I mean, luckily he's experienced, but I mean, he's still going to get experience of getting penalties. So I try to be nice. I mean, no, it's just what it is, man. I mean, it's not. not not great, Bob. Not great. <laughs> but I think that's where it comes into play. You can get a quarterback, get the ball out quick. I'm just worried about depth, to be honest. Uh, I know I've heard good things about Barber and uh, sorry, Farmer and Waits, but it comes down to it's, I, I need I need I need another bet in there, or need pull Tarquin back somehow. Yeah, guys. With that with that being said, let's let's talk about it for a second. Let's let's go through the roster position by position and talk about what we feel like how many we need to take in the portal as of today. Obviously we don't need to talk about quarterback because we got that guy. We also got the preferred walk on this week from um, IMG. Sorry. I didn't bring that up before. So I know Billy had said he wanted one more scholarship. Where's he from? IMG. Kansas. Is that kid? Oh, that kid is from Kansas. (laughs) Leslie. Um, so we got the quarterback position taken care of. Whether we like it as fans or not, the room is where Billy wants the room. So running back, as of today, you know, we know we have Johnson, NTN, and we added Trayvon Webb, but we lost Lingard and we lost Naquan. So do we take a running back in the portal, guys? What do y'all think? You have to. <laughs> like, you, they, you you ran three backs just, uh, in rotation, and even if you go to say one gets hurt, um, 
one got hurt. And we were very fortunate this year. It, it's extremely. I don't like it's you know knocking wood on, but he obviously likes rotating two backs, hundred percent. Sometimes three. So if you roll in with three backs, one once again he's unproven back being a um, and that's that's your whole uh, Russian attack. You get to go down one back if uh, and what, what, what if Webb is not good. So you, say if uh, God forbid Etienne gets hurt. So if you don't get a back in the portal, you only have Johnson and a, and a, and a, cra- and a, a mid back at best. Hypothet- once again, hypothetically, worst case scenario, if Webb isn't good, like what ha- what happens? I don't know. know. I'm, so, I'm I'm just wondering how if, if this stays the way it is. You, I'll agree with you, both of you guys. I don't I don't think her answer yet is on question yet. But yeah, we have to take one at least one back. But I will be interested to see how the carries go. If that happens, you can't play Webb at all next year if you go into this year with three bats for fear of him getting hurt. You have to you have to keep him on the sideline and just play those two backs. And do you give Johnson a, a majority of carries so you don't get ETN hurt? Or do you split them? So I, I'll be curious to see if that holds true. But you cannot play Webb at all. Special teams, nothing. You have to keep him in there in a jacket just to keep him safe from getting hurt. If you go into the year with three backs, you cannot even let him touch the field, which will be horrible for him. But you can't put him out there because you, you're gonna you're gonna need him as a safety valve. So you got to take another back. Yeah, this is definitely a situation where you need a guy that comes in and you say, "Look, you're not gonna be the guy. You're probably not even gonna be <laughs> the second guy, but you're gonna be in a rotation. You're gonna get carries. This is how our offense looks. Look at look at how it ran last year. The carries are there." but you're not going to be a number one guy. Are you okay with that? And maybe it's a backup from some other school or third stringer from another school that is just looking for that kind of situation. I mean, you know, most guys want to start, but right now you need a guy that's okay with saying, uh, you know, I'm okay with getting a third of the carries or 20% of the carries. It's going to be a hard task. It's it's not going to be an easy find. You're probably going to have to look for a young guy that's a freshman that's looking to transfer. You can't get a, it's going to be hard to get an older guy. Yeah. Look, you're not going to be the guy this year, but next year, Johnson goes pro hypothetically. You're competing with Will. No, well, you're, com- yes, yes. But I was going to say the next year, maybe NTN is number one, you're number two. Yep. So you need a young guy. You're not going to get an older guy. Yeah, that, could also, that could also mess up the numbers as well. You got to be wary of that. If yeah. they only want to have four pens, if he, you had a younger guy, if they would take hypothetically two backs, um, they like they want two backs. I've been here in, in the 24 cycle. Uh, that puts you at five next cycle. Are you going to have to go out there and find you a damn good preferred walk-on? Yeah, I'm saying uh, it's going to have to be a running back that's not – I'm not talking about like a, a real talented – like a former four or five star. Uh, we, need a, we need a filler right now. Yeah, just a filler. Yeah. Just a three star something somewhere. We need a filler. We need something. <laughs> Agreed. I wish they could have maybe convinced Lingard to stay, but like we said before, I completely understand why that young man with one year left yeah. to prove himself would go. I mean, and, and he ended up in a great situation for him, and God bless him. I hope he does fantastic. I got another reason to watch Maxion. Yeah, man. I'm a Zips fan for. Yeah, I I, I like you know, that kid. That kid was very very solid. And yes, and a great young man. Like he's very solid, always doing great things. Uh, wide receiver. 
I'm of the belief we probably need at least two. You know, we talked about Eugene Wilson playing. As Mike said, Mazel probably needs a little bit more develop. I think Andy Jean might be probably ahead of actually Mazel in that aspect. He's a solid route runner, big bodied kid, um, just very, very solid. And don't forget, Mazel didn't play most of this year either. So I don't know what his health status is as far as being ready for spring and all that either. So I'm thinking, man, you've, you've lost a couple of receivers already. You lost shorter to the draft. You lost Reynolds. You lost Whittemore. Uh, am I forgetting anybody? I mean, that's you've already lost three guys. I mean, obviously, Whittemore didn't do anything last year. You're still holding on to pe- kids like Frazier's. I like Frazier's. I do, too. But... <laughs> I mean, what do you think, Mike? Do we need how many receivers we need? Um, I'm gonna say one to two. If we need at least one. I want two. Um, it all depends how the staff sees Henderson. I I don't like Henderson, but once again, I'm not. It's their evals and practicing in games and stuff every day. Uh, they brought a couple. Yeah, we need one. We I I, I want to because the one the true play we got Frazier's Henderson uh, and uh, White Boy Rick, Caleb Doug, Douglas obviously. One two three four. They're, I think they're gonna get one though. If you give me one true impact guy, I think we can get away with it. Once again, he has to be proven, uh, like that Charlotte receiver. Someone's you know both. Yeah, I love that kid. Somebody proven, and uh, we cannot take a flyer a flyer on, out, out on a kid. No, like, you don't need a young guy that didn't play at the school he was at. You need a guy that, that has played and run some routes, caught some balls. Yeah, can, can from, play can play significant reps next year. I don't care if you're top different from running back. Yeah, I I, I need an 100 percent impact player, no matter what. Um, you know, because we have some. You know, youth guys can get in, um, but end of the day, you got to remember Billy likes his uh, twelve person up. <laughs> so we're, we're yeah, not gonna I, exactly I, need I, true depth. Yeah, I agree. We need one solid guy. Um, I, I know Mike say he kind of wants two. I'm kind of good with one with Douglas coming back, and I'm just speaking as far as depth concerned. You have Douglas coming back. Uh, I'm a big fan of Frazier. Uh, Henderson is there. I hope Frazier can maybe push. <laughs> He's <Henderson>. there. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have, and then you have Ricky. So uh, with Eugene, and we thinking uh, uh, Eugene and Andy Gene uh, coming in as freshmen. I think that's solid. I think when you get, if you get one guy, hopefully my pick is the guy from Charlotte. If he hasn't signed yet, I don't. I haven't seen anything where he signed anywhere yet. So say we get the guy from Charlotte, and you have him, and then you have Ricky and Frazier. Let's say Frazier take. Uh, Henderson spot. Then Henderson is your depth guy. Um, then you have Douglas as another depth guy. And then you have Eugene right there who we think can play year one, but they were Ricky. And I'm solid with that. I'm good with that. You got you have a two deep everywhere. And you have Andy Gene who's learning on, on the go that we think maybe able to push for some playing time as well. So I'll be good with one guy, especially if it's that guy from Charlotte. Uh, really liked him. Uh, put up some big numbers there. It, it is a, a different type uh, a different type of receiver than uh, than 
I guess Henderson, as far as separation, big kind of guy that, that can make some catches. So I, I, I will hope we can get that get in on that guy. I don't, I don't think <laughs> we may be able to get him, but hopefully that's the guy we get. Yeah, just always remember to. I mean, guys, it's easy to sit here and say, "Oh, we want two, but the numbers may not allow us to get two. So yeah. always keep that in mind when you're sitting here. Just because we lost thirty guys or whatever it is, and we're bringing in twenty. Remember that the numbers are still messed up from the COVID year and all that stuff has really kind of off balanced it. So they they've still got to make the numbers work on you know to be at eighty five when the season starts. Tight end, I think we all prob- pretty much think we probably need a tight end. I would I would assume. You, no, no tight end, Mike. Good man, I got my boy Odom. He's injury prone, but you know I, I absolutely love Odom. Uh, we. I'm not counting on the uh, Livingston at all, obvious reasons. He's a freshman. Well, I keep forgetting about Livingston coming in, though. That does de- add depth to the room. And then you have Zipper still there. And then uh, is it Alex Boringham? I remember saying his last ah, name. Ah, yes. See, yes, yes. Ar- Boringham. Arlo's Boringham. The freshman, they brought, they, they brought in a lot last uh, last cycle. Arlo's Boringham is more of a flex. Uh, Hayden Hansen, who he's a he's big. Um, we got about Hanson too. Uh, yeah, you're right. Um, but no, you got Odom and Dante Xanders and Keon Zipper. So I mean, I don't, I don't. Oh, that room's five, six deep. Yep. Yeah. See, yeah, there's names in there. There's names in there you don't think about because we didn't see them last year. Boringham was hurt. Yeah. So I think they're incorporate Arliss a lot more into the offense. Like I said, I I love Odom and Xanders. You know, people want to talk a lot of crap about them, but they. Our season, he helped us out tremendously this season. We were extremely fortunate to have him. I mean, he's he definitely he's just serviceable, I would say, at best. But, however, um, once again, he can have stars everywhere, especially when you're rebuilding the program. And, and we, for now, at least, we still have Zip. So let's move on to the offensive line, even though we just spoke about it. What are we thinking here? One tackle, one guard? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. One tackle, one guard, one impact tackle, preferably. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It depends on what the staff feels about weights. I mean, maybe they feel like that kid is is a starter. I don't. But I will. I will hopefully, we can get if if Turcon doesn't go. Hopefully, because we've seen kids going to Portland come back. Uh, so I'll give us a thirty percent chance of giving getting him back. If not, then you want somebody that can compete for uh, the right tackle position, and. I, I know we said guard. I'm I'm kind of good. We have kind of we got we got guys there at guard. Uh, Leonard played some last year. Um, I, I, I want a center. <laughs> I want a center, man. Anytime your center doesn't know the, the snap count and, and making your tackles and guards jump off sides, and he's rocking back, uh, I, I need a new center. Yeah, I don't think that's happening though, brother. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, I, I mean we. We all would like to probably see an upgrade there, but I think they're going to ride with him. But let's remember now, he's a junior. This is my wish list. This is my wish. This is my wish. Hopefully he improves. He's, you know, a full year under the staff. Hopefully we see some improvement. That's what we believe that they can do well is develop. So, it was, But it wasn't his I – mean, even though his technique was bad because he was getting pushed back, it's the, it's the snaps – yeah, I need the offsides. I need the, the the offsides to that that stuff just yeah. drives me crazy. He was have a butt. It was what the O line uh, O line coach would say. Um, so I won't say pause on that. No, he he can't anchor. <laughs> he got to anchor. Yep. 
Well, hopefully, like I said, we give him a calendar year. Next year, we see significant improvement on a lot of the mistakes he made. Um, we've got to have faith in that until you can't anymore. You, you know, it's just one of those things. You got to try to believe that coaches can work with him over the over the off season, improve his technique, and he can get you know the mental the mental aspect though has to get better. All right, guys, let's flip sides here and go to our defensive line. I think we all know what we need on the defensive line. Are we Are we all pretty much in agreement that we need a nose tackle? <laughs> now, we know that it's uh, been out there that we're in the mix for the young man that plays for Memphis. He had his bowl game yesterday and had a sack in that game. So – if you haven't seen that, that video is out there. Go check it out. Kid looked pretty good on that particular play. I didn't watch the game myself, but it was a nice little stunt. Showed little shirt, stunt. Showed some athleticism. Not he bad got, for a three hundred and forty pounder. Yeah, you have, yeah. You have to see who absolutely need uh, what's it called a, no, a nose here because I like McClellan. I, I'll say it again, he's not a nose. I mean, maybe on certain packages, absolutely. However, if you know, short you are. Run heavy team is he? He's, he's got to get murdered. Bottom line, I've seen some plays against Oregon State. Just, I mean, he's young, so he can definitely, you know, get better at this, get, get stronger, better technique, absolutely. So, it's not, however, like, why are you putting this kid? You're not. He's not in the best situation to succeed. So, you know, same thing with Sap. You know, it's okay. He, however, get the bodies now. Okay, your first year, you get an excuse. Now, get these kids. Get them in sub packages. He's a natural three-tech. It is what it is. He's not a zero. He's not a one-tech. Watson is, okay? McClellan is not. You don't believe it? Watch the tape. Don't tell me about the penetration sometimes, this and that, because not, not all uh, getting uh, uh, not all penetration is good because it could technically be allowed by, by the O-line. So it's actually back to one, for example. But end of the day, we, we desperately need a nose, and we're good at the other other D tackle, especially with the transfer from um, that we just got, Caleb. Caleb Banks from Louisville. Yeah, guys, what about uh, Jack linebacker possibly getting a backup at that position? Because you know we lost two guys there, and you you just bringing in uh, Cersei there, so you're Powell and Cersei. I think we definitely need one. I uh, I hope they do. I mean, it's only pal. I I like Jack Pyburn. You know, he's a good, he has a little cult following. But I mean, I don't. Is he projected I, on the depth chart at Jack? He's he's listed on the edge right now. Yes. I so thought he I, was behind. Uh, I thought he was behind Princely. But maybe no, I'm wrong. No, I mean I got to check. I mean I'm looking at uh, Nick's chart right now. So I got you. I got you. I, I might have that who wrong. Is, who was that? Who was that? S strong, strong defense, strong DN. That Princely's at the strong DN, and uh, then Powell. Yeah, Princely, Boom, and then Pyburn. No, no, we're, no. So all right, because we're on edge right now. So uh, because Powell is on is a first string, Pyburn second string. So Pyburn because he was a, he played linebacker in uh, high school as well. So I, I just once again I'm not a, I think he's a program guy, you know. If I see him seeing significant snaps, I'm not going to be the biggest fan of it. Hope it proves me wrong, but I just uh, especially how we're, we are recruiting, 
I don't see him seeing the field snaps if he does the next season. We're in trouble because we didn't. Once again, we didn't get proper depth. Let's uh, move to the middle real quick and talk about linebackers. We want to, do you get strong side? I don't think we we talked about defensive line, and I didn't. Yeah. Good. I didn't have anything. Yeah, I think we got there. we're three deep on that position. Yeah, I think good, we're yeah. good there. I don't yeah. plus plus freshmen. I wasn't even considering freshmen. I mean, we brought in such a large defensive line oh, I class. I thought you know nose is the one position. Obviously, we know we need. And I know we had obviously Reese and Summerall transferred, so your Jack position might be a little light with just Cersei coming in. But uh, you know, we've got a lot of more depth there than we had coming into the season. That's for sure. I could, like I said, if we if we added Banks and if we add that kid from Memphis, I think we'll be doing real solid on the defensive line as far as a one year turnaround goes. Yeah. But now linebacker, I'm a little concerned as we should be. You know, you lose Ventrell, you lose Bernie. You have uh, Wingo has decided he's going to stay. So he's probably first in line to take Ventrell's spot with Shamar James taking the other spot that that Bernie had. And then, I mean, you've got – obviously you got Jaden Robinson you're bringing in in this class. And you still got Scooby there. You know, and, and look. Some of these kids can still transfer up until, you know, you're going to have more transfers after spring, and you have to think about that. You know, is if, if Scooby gets beat out for, for by Wingo, does he hit the portal? And you got to think about that. I mean. I would. That's why I was – that's why I was hard on just taking – even though I like Jaden, that's why I gave the, the, the grade last week was so hard because of what you just stated. If Even with even with that, it's the same thing as running back. If you have injury, I mean, linebacker is a, a, a violent position. <laughs> and and you, you take it on guards, you're hitting backs in the hole, and hamstring, ankle turn, shoulder injury, anything could happen. And then, I mean, then then you're short. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're good, too deep. Um, we're too deep there. But you would like to have, uh, other than a true freshman in Jaden Robinson, I guess that would just kind of goes into what I was saying, but you would have to have Jaden Robinson with somebody paired with somebody as, as far as your 3D. Um, but I, I, w- I would think we need one more guy. I would agree. Definitely need to find one good linebacker. And I believe the young man from Ohio State is probably going to be the guy that, that fills that position uh, after their game. If they get eliminated this Saturday, I could see that one becoming official pretty quick. Now, guys, let's let's talk about the secondary for a second. And as we talk about the secondary, I forgot to mention, and we talked about White and Tarquin transferring, but I forgot to mention Travez Johnson also entered the portal this week. So now you're short one one more guy at star. I'm good. Obvi- <laughs> I knew Wes was was ready to talk about it. maybe that's why I was leaving him off. So Wes wouldn't uh Wes wouldn't get agitated but you know you still have Jadarius Perkins as far as your corners you know if star man goes you have Perkins there and as far as your corners you still have obviously have Jason Marshall and you have Hill and you have Kimber and I know I'm leaving somebody out of there for corners yes Hill Kimber Hill Kimber and Marshall and more yeah 
More. More. Yes. There you go. I see. That's who I forget. And it's so easy to forget because he got hurt midway through the year. I, I see more playing significant snaps this year. But then this is where that that class that we just brought in with their you know ability to play multiple positions is really going to come in handy. Yeah, I don't think we need to add anybody in the secondary. We don't think we need a safety? I uh we have Torrance coming back. Hold on, hold on. Before you say that, let me let me throw one more thing out that we did not keep in mind. There's been a lot of talk about Kamari sliding the linebacker. I was wondering when I saw this depth shirt or, or the scholarship. <laughs> yeah, I know we talked about that. Um if he does, I I'm still because we lost McMillan. Then you have um and this is somebody we forgot to bring up too. Uh, Miguel. Is his name Miguel? Um, Miguel Mitchell, yes. Mitchell. Uh, you have Miguel Mitchell and Dakota Mitchell there. But Miguel was playing a, a, a linebacker position, seemed like to me, or he wasn't playing safety. Wasn't he playing like a line? When I saw him on the field, it was like he was more in the box. Uh, he wasn't playing in uh, back. So, strong. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm good in secondary. I, I don't want to add anybody else. I'd rather throw. Uh, two freshmen out there who are coming nah, in. Well, I'm gonna throw. Uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. My I saved that committed on Friday Night Lights. Um, who, uh, Castell. Castell. I rather I rather pay him. You him see, a Bryce Thornton. Let me get this right. You want a sight unseen? Excuse me. <laughs> no, you, 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 I'm just telling you. Without you, you, you sight unseen. You want to start? Yep. yep. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, nah, you know what? Nobody's going to come. I don't think – the reason why I said it because I don't think we're going to – You don't even know who he's good. Hmm? You don't even know if he's good. I'd rather see him than, than, than another safety. You, let him pra- you want him to practice? You want him to want him- Now, hey. hold on now. Hold on now because – Marcus May Marcus May looked horrible his freshman year. But so I got scorched for this during the season for saying that we should play the play the kids. <laughs> I, yeah. I, ain't tell, I ain't going down alone <laughs> it's an awful take nah I'm good I, I think if you can find an experienced safety you got to take it I, it's going to be hard Okay, that's, no, that's, I, I guess that's my thinking no I mean but I listen that's you why can, you're posted that's recruiting correct I mean like I said we don't know any of these kids at all so I mean, Gates is coming off an injury, and he's seen as more of a safety. And per, hey, and per your logic, I disagree with it. Per oh, I, I caught you. I know what you're going to say. Oh, 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 oh no, here we go. Per Wes's logic, I'm going to pull a tape. Damn it! When you get <laughs> further away from the ball, it's hard. <laughs> per your logic, that's what you said. Okay, I'm I'm pulling 180 on that. So you want a true freshman, they yeah. want to start sight unseen. No practices, yeah. nothing. No, no film, not even on campus. Not yep. even a new semester. That's how I feel. Oh my so you just get it me. is it's, it's the it hardest that makes sense. But it does make sense. I said he can be hard. I said Marcus May was horrible. No, no, Keanu no. Neal was horrible. Did he start uh, as day one yeah, started? They started, they got torched at Alabama. <laughs> I remember. You okay that? You're okay with getting torched. You just so, so they, they turned out to be first round picks. You, 
<laughs> I'm, a hypocrite. I'm a hypocrite, and I, I don't mind if my I'm not a hypocrite because I said throw him out there and he's going to struggle. I don't think we're going to be any good next year. We we don't have the depth, period, to be to, to, to so why not learn on, on the field? I love the hypocrisy. Love and, and and to everybody that 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 what love Mike it. is saying is I said is other than corner, it's harder to play a farther with mentally, not physically. Mentally, because a safety linebacker has too much <laughs> on their plate than a D lineman. Oh, the logic! It's Nate, true. I, 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 there's no exact. There's zero. I, I, it's amazing. So, so as, as also, it is, really, really quick on the um, on per, um, what's it called on Johnson? I just want to say something. Uh, and it kind of goes to torrent. A lot of people don't like him. All right, I get it. I, However, once again, it's depth. Okay, he's playing starting as, depth. He snaps. That's why, like, Helm. Helm's a TCU, okay? Like, people, I'm so glad he's gone, okay? Let's just say Wes's logic, hypothetically. And I'm not saying, I I love our class. Kids are already at different stages, okay? And when you put kids too quickly, you will ruin them forever. No confidence. And it's just, when you have depth, the um, increment starters allow them, like a Caleb Douglas, to slowly get better and lap them. That is how it should be done. Miguel Mitchell slowly got better and lapped some people. We, okay. we have a we have a nickel. Perkins. Him and Johnson is the same guy. Exactly, but once <laughs> so either way, <laughs> either way, you got a guy coming back. Start Perkins has the job next year. You have debt behind him. Kids, how we going? Youth movement. We're gonna see. It's 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 gonna be. It's gonna be interesting to see as these bowl games wrap and more kids hit the portal, and then we see some more names. What this staff's vision really is for next year. Um, You know, as of right now, there's a lot of people that are that are set in the mindset that we're just gonna mail it in. You know, and that's part of the slow rebuild. And you know what? It, it most likely is. But I don't think it's in Billy Napier's mindset that we're not going to come out and compete. Uh, you know, I don't think he's – you know, we as fans may see it as mailing it in, but I guarantee you that's not his intention or his his um, intent. He's going to play to win every ball game he's in as any good coach would. So hopefully he brings in some guys – that can make an impact and we can see a transition from what we saw this previous season and show some growth and show some improvement. I believe we'll definitely see that from the quarterback position. I'm kind of with Mike on that. You know, I don't love they are, but I think that a more steady quarterback, you know, with hopefully better decision-making, you know, that it, it, you win some of these games that we lost this year that we should have won, and everybody knows we should have won. That it might have great. been better for the, the roles to reverse. AR might be better behind this trash office. Oh, I ain't going to call office line trash. Oh I don't know what's going to happen this upcoming year, but Merch might have been better suited with this good offensive line that we kind of had this year. He so probably would have been. But, yeah. you know, I mean, we're going to find out real quick what, you know, what kind of mindset, like I said, and what kind of mental leader. Yeah. We'll find out real fast. All right, guys. As you know, we like to be a part of the people. 
and we're going to answer some more questions this week like we do every week. Wes, shoot us some questions, man. All right. I am pulling them up now. The first question we have is from Chris Sorley. His first question is, is Florida an actual NIL school? And what I take from that is, are is he, he's saying, are we com- are we really one of the top five, top ten uh, NIL schools in the country? Are we competing in that area? Top ten, yeah. Top five? No. Oh, the Baylor? Hold on. No. No, you're actually any correct. I'd say top ten. Top five, yeah. No, I mean, be- right now you've got – I mean, until proven otherwise, who's ahead of us? Texas. Tennessee. Uh, t- Tennessee, Texas A&M, Miami. We don't like it, and it may not be the true fashion of what we of what NIO is supposed to be, but their results are speaking. And his second part of his question, uh, he's saying is Scott Strickland and the boosters hesitant, and I'm taking that as uh, are they slow to contribute to the cause of making us one of those top five uh, NIO uh, schools? Absolutely. I mean, are they the issue? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Scott Strickland is an absolute awful AD. He's, he's lazy, and I think he understands what the NIL is. I don't think he fully grasps it. Grasps it. Sorry. So, I mean, he just he kind of just sits back and hope things fall into place. I mean, end of the day, your job is to raise money, and there's so many things along you know with the Gator Collective that you know people assume you know where's this money, where's that money. Well, it. it because the school has backed the Gator uh, University of Florida has officially backed the Gator Collective. However, at the same time, you don't see it like where there's no the cross promotion. For example, is not there. So that goes to uh, internally at, uh, inside the stadium, uh, uh, not being able to go out on the road. For example, so that's once again that falls under Strickland. The UAA. I, I don't care what anyone says. Strickland has some st- uh, say in there. Okay, I know Hirsch wants can comment a little bit more on that, but end of the day, um, this falls on one person, one person only, the athletic director. Yeah, um, Scott is public enemy number one to me. <laughs> a, a, a close follow up number two is the UAA, and I know from talking to uh, members of the collective. The UAA is not helping our cause as far as far as getting the outreach that we need to really get contributors. Because you have to remember this, guys. The average fan isn't on Twitter, isn't on Facebook all the time, you know, to see the ads from the Gator Collective. You old old boosters aren't checking their Twitter to see the latest post from the Gator Collective. This has to be sp- spread through word of mouth. And one way of doing that is through meetings and Gator clubs and things like that. And the UAA is not helping us in that aspect. And until they do, I, I think the hands are tied in a, in, a, in a, you know, for better or for worse. And it sucks. All right. This one is from Jay Stubbins. He said, what's up with our portal action? Because I see little brother FSU grabbing their knees and, and we just, and we are just sitting there 
uh, with Mertz and a backup linebacker, supposedly? Uh, first thing, uh, like we alluded to previously in the show, we're not done adding people yet, so just be patient, obviously. And um, FSU's mo- uh, model, uh, Norvell's model to build a program is absolutely atrocious. He's uh, still <laughs> still on Willie uh, Taggart's quarterback, Travis Hunter, who's you know, definitely pro- progressed throughout his career. I'll, I'll give him credit for that. But his highest class is, um, I want to say, 17th in the country, which is this 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 past season, his third, third year. So he just can't recruit high school kids. Like they, they try, they just can't. Okay, that's just the like the bottom line. Like last year, uh, McCall, Sam McCall, the highest graded kid, he actually he's he's already out of the program. So I mean, they have to uh, supplement the, the talent they don't get from high school kids. So I mean, they're pretty, um, you you will you can be successful, but you have to hit on everybody in high school to be adequate at least. And it's it's not a sustainable model. And it, to, you, you can get eight to ten wins. You can average that if you have a solid quarterback. But you will never truly be an elite program because you can't keep getting. Oh, I got Jaheim Bell. Jaheim Bell had a bad season, and they're hyping Jaheim Bell. Like they had a couple good guys. I want to say uh, the the tackle out of Central. What one of the direct directional Central Michigan? Michigan. Yeah, Central Michigan. He's a, he's a good guy. Burst, good get. Um, what's an um, Johnson uh, uh, Wilson? I, no, the Dean went to the Jets. Right then, oh, three, yeah. three years in a row, really good pickups. But guess what? They're gonna be there for one year, year over year. It's not sustainable for building a lead program. So right. they're not developed talent. Hold on, real quick. They're not developed talent, and they're also trying to take advantage now of the window they have with Travis before he leaves, exactly. you know, to get as much talent in there real fast as they can, but you're not bringing any young talent in and developing that talent. So you're not building a program. You're, you're basically just make trying to make a run. Multiple bandits. Yep. Yep. All right. This is from James Eunice. Uh, he has two questions. The first one is, uh, it appears we are doing things differently than all other major schools. Is this a choice that we are making, or is this what's happening because of our lack of NIL infrastructure? I think, and a lot of people aren't going to like this, I think Billy is trying to build a stable locker room. Um, and that is trying to make sure that people financially are even from top to bottom, that you don't have those gaps like we talked about earlier with Baxter, if you brought in Baxter. Trying to keep your locker room happy from top to bottom so that you play as a team. You you know, everything is just – now, don't get me wrong. I, we're missing some NIL opportunities, absolutely. But I also believe that Billy has put limits on certain things, and that Baxter situation to me is the prime example of of what he's doing is that you don't overpay one guy when you've got these other two gentlemen that are starters already putting up numbers that probably aren't making close to what he's going to get from Texas. Yeah, that was an excellent point you made earlier. I mean, that kind of Mike, you question. Mike, you got anything else to add to that part of it? I mean, as no, far I mean, as your I I think you said it perfectly. Once again, like he 
He's going for the long term. This is every, this is all new, the NIL, in terms of paying the players, how it's going to affect the locker rooms. You know, there's been rumors uh, about a couple teams where it had, already ha- has had negative effects. So, or like um, A&M, perfect yeah. example. Yeah, so it's just like he's bringing in a certain type of person. However, it's you know, with that being said, they're okay with a certain allocation of money or like, you know, if uh, – you know, if one player comes in, he may be making a little bit more. They're okay with that hypothetically. But the main, uh, the heavy spenders, AM, uh, Texas, and uh, let's say Miami and Tennessee, or uh, with the exception of Tennessee, those are just, what have they done? Seriously, like what have, what have they done? So they're just throwing cash at it and hope it sticks. Nobody knows what this is. This is the Wild West right now. So, I mean, Hurst said it best. So I'm just going to echo what he said. And um, this is the most sustainable model. You know, it's just longer and it sucks. It's not as flat. It sucks, but, man, you've got to think long-term. And Billy's thinking about year three, year four, year five. Correct. And uh, building a sustainable – and, and just building a sustainable team. This is another question from James. This is a good question. I'd love to hear you guys uh, respond to this. Uh, he said, we were told in the beginning that Napier had his demands and they were met. Did he miss some things he should have asked for? Is this leadership not following on what they promised him? I think, honestly, they promised that Billy asked for what he wanted. He was promised what he wanted but they miscalculated how this new era of NIL was going to go this year, especially uh, you can't plan for the Ruizes of the world. All of a sudden just coming out and saying, you know, we're just going to buy this guy. We're going to buy that guy. We're going to buy that guy out of spite out of spite. Yeah. Just like, Oh, you're going after him. Well, guess what? I'm going to pay him double to come here. Even if he's not worth it. Because I can. I mean, and if you're Billy Napier, let, let's let's take the citizen <clears throat> commitment from last year. Miami comes in on national signing day and is like, we'll give you three hundred thousand to to come to Miami. And Billy says, you you have best of luck to you, kid. Thanks thanks for considering us. Best of luck. I mean, hindsight, you know, everyone, when it happened, was like, how do we lose that kid to Miami on signing day? Everybody said he was coming to Florida. How does that happen? Billy made a choice. I don't want to pay that kid $300,000. I don't think he's worth it. I'm happy with Trevor. Absolutely. But I'm just saying (laughs) that being an example of, you know, people will say, oh, Miami beat us out for that guy. And technically they did. But, but he, we also made a decision, and this goes back to the last question, of stability for your locker room and not overpaying for kids. You're, Hey, you got Trevor. You won that. You Imagine you that. Uh, imagine Trevor being the better back, but Citizen gets the 300000 and, and Trevor only got one hundred. And I'm telling you, if the roles were reversed, our fan base would be livid. But – our fan base worries more about trolls and things of that nature than they worry about long-term, you know, team. But back to the original question, yes, I think 
Florida and Billy Napier were actually caught off guard by how, you know, violent the waters of this NIL, you know, were. Gotcha. Got, uh, hold on, Hershey. Ryan Parker. He says, uh, thoughts on any remaining high school targets uh, on National Signing Day? Or will we we use the remaining scholarships on transfers? I think Caden Jones is obviously one you're still going to have to, you know, keep an eye on to sign with Florida. But I think you'll see some more targets identified here going forward. You just have to, you know, Billy came in with a short window last year and identified a few guys real quick, Caleb Douglas being one. You know that made an impact. So, so we just have to wait. It's it's just kind of a now they have to. The dust is settled on early signing day. You have to take a look now and say, all right, who's left? Who's out? What's there? what's the date that uh, they can start uh, recruiting kids again and having conversations with uh, the high school kids? It's January I, something. I I don't know the exact date. It's after the All Star games. Okay. I think it might be a rem- like right the Sunday after the All-American game or something like that. I can't exactly remember the date. All right, three more questions, two from one guy, uh, Jared White. Uh, he says, what if – excuse me, I just answered that question. I apologize. Yeah. No. Yeah. This, sure. this, is, this is a different question. He said, what if, what if any of the unsigned high school recruits are potentially come to the field? He asked the same thing uh, Ryan did. But the second part of his question says, I personally am okay with the slower – program build through high school are you guys and that kind of what you were just talking about her i mean mike my bad you, you yeah can, i'll you let mike, that mike. mike. Yeah, let mike just, handle that. yeah just to expand on it you're okay it's nice bama's having this problem okay bama, everyone's like oh my goodness bama's getting gibbs getting um burned oh my goodness well look at their season like there's a lot of it's lacking a lot of lock, locker room issues um i had a lot of lock, uh, lacking a lot of a lot of uh, leadership over there. Okay. When you get that many different personalities from outside of your program, because as a coach, you're recruiting a kid, you know, his family, you know, his mom, you know, his teacher, you know, his coach, you know who he is. Okay. When you're getting these, um, you have to recruit him, uh, get him in a portal. You're just getting talent. I mean, obviously you can, you can get the kid, but like a lot, it's a, lot it's a lot of times, it's sometimes sight unseen. Like, no, I mean, he threw for four thousand yards, three, you know, three thousand yards. I'll take him. You know, he's really good. But what if he's not a leader? What if he's a piece of shit in the locker room? You know, so uh, <laughs> high school kids, though, you're gonna see it. You know, you're gonna be grow with them. You know, and you know, if he'd been there year two, year three, year four, year five, six, for even some guys, the continuity within the locker room is just—it's night and day. Obviously, you know, you always get a battle for the guy next to you. However, it's just. It's a, it's a, it's it's different. It's just, it's different. And once again, it's you, you're you're not always going to hit on your transfers. You know, yeah. I'll say I'll, I'll go FSU FSU again. You know, uh, that Central Michigan guy. He's going he's going from G G five power five. I mean, Verse did it, and he's good, but still, that's a risk. Okay. And last, I'll, I'll wrap it up here. Um. Uh, same thing with uh no I already said verse but oh Jaheim Bell that's a whole different scheme so you're 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 taking up a, a scholarship spot and you're hoping he projects well 
if you get the kid from Ohio State, um, and, and you can't really mold them. You get them from high school, you can mold them out of clay, make them exactly who you want, and you know who, what you're getting. All right, this is the last question from Justin Wood. Uh, that's our guy that answered and answers ask questions every week. So shout out to Justin, appreciate it. Uh, him and Ryan, I think, are here a lot. Um, Chris as well. So thank you guys for your questions. But um, from Justin Wood, he says, "What is uh, what are the thoughts on where we stand with the 2024 recruiting class as far as top end talent we land? We can land." Do you guys think, uh, and that's the first part of his question, the other question is about the portal, but he says, uh, as far as the 2024 recruiting class, where do, uh, as far as top-end guys, I'll take that one sort of. Uh, you guys can chime in if you want as well. Uh, right now, it says we're ranked number 10. It's early. We already have DJ Lagway and Miles Graham. That's two top 30 guys, five-star guys right there. Uh, we have Rushing, who... Uh, Elijah Rushing, uh, he's from out of Arizona. His dad is a, a legacy. Well, he's a legacy. His dad played. Uh, that's somebody that we can't miss. That's another five-star guy. Uh, we have the running back that was committed to us before, Jerry Gibson. Um, he's number 10 in the class. So I think our chance of land, we were going after Gibson. Uh, hopefully we can get him back in the class. But I, me personally, uh, this is, uh, as Mike likes to call it, this was my baby as far as 24 class because I have high expectations. Not only just because I think Billy having another year uh, making uh, relationships because that's what this staff is high on relationships, and then you already have your quarterback DJ Lagway in the class. To me, that getting him to commit early and already having them there, I think uh, Rashad in the twenty-three class commit flipping late kind of hurt us. And having DJ early and kids knowing, okay, I'm going to play with that guy when he goes to these camps, when he goes to. Uh, these all-star games, these seven-on-seven games, uh, and, and these kids see that kid, and, and he has that type of uh, personality that draws other kids to him. So with the legacy guys in Graham and rushing, and, you know, you have Lagway, that's three, to me, five stars right there. Not to me. They're five stars. And hopefully we can get Gibson in the class with us only taking one back that we talked about earlier. Uh, we already have a back in the class as well who's pretty good. And to get Gibson to go with that kid, I think our 24 class is going to be elite. I'll be very, very, very disappointed if it's not top five. Absolutely. All right. right, Oh, you got more? No, just one more question. You can kill it. Um, This is from the uh, Jerry White. Uh, We kind of discussed this earlier. He said, can we get a second part of the week? And I'll let uh, Hirsch answer that question about what we talked about, what we may think about doing. Yeah, guys, we we really like that idea, and that part might be something. People. Yeah, part of the people pod, kind of like a, a extra little segment we might do exclusively for our YouTube channel in the future. We we're talking about that. That might be something that we look into doing, where we uh, take questions for a week, possibly you know put the put the question up, you know solicit the questions for a week, and then just have like a twenty minute sit down where we we answer recruiting questions and whatnot. We like that idea and we might talk about doing that for the future. So thank you for that. Guys, we appreciate all your questions a lot. Thank you so much. We love the interactions. We always uh, love hearing what y'all. Really good questions too. Yeah, absolutely. Very good questions. Anything that makes you sit here and have to, to think and, you know, really kind of explain things in detail. We love that kind of stuff. So thank you so much. And y'all keep those coming and we'll keep answering them. Guys, thank you so much once once again for tuning in, guys. You know, it's kind of a slow week as far as recruiting news, but 
hopefully things are about to start picking up as these bowl games in and these coaches work on putting together next year's roster. So we'll uh, look and what we hear this week, like I said, if we hear anything out of the practices for the All-American games and whatnot and try to get you some information about how our kids are doing in those practices. But until then, guys, make sure you go out there, you know, and download the podcast wherever you get your podcast from and check us out on our YouTube channel. As always, respect our decision. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, leave us a comment, like the video. And if you'd like to support us as creators, check us out on our Patreon, respect our decision. And each and every dollar we get, as I said, comes back to help us with this show. And we appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, Guys, Mike, you got anything you want to add before we jump out of here? As always, Bateman's got us and uh, Sayonara Scott. Sayonara Scott. (laughs) We could only be so lucky. But anyway, Wes, take us home. Yeah, appreciate it, Hers. Thank you guys again for the questions. We love it. Love the support. Love the interaction. Um, again, if you're a veteran or uh, know someone that's a veteran and trying to uh, apply for get your uh, benefits from the VA, please hit it up and ask us any questions you have. Uh, again, we are a pod that support our troops. Uh, we are thankful and blessed to have this podcast, and we thank you for you guys. And you guys have a safe and happy New Year. Hope you guys all had a wonderful Christmas. Uh, and I am out. That is all. <laughs> Go Gators. Go Gators. Ha- Happy New Year, guys. Go Gators.